Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. What I'm going to bring y'all today is um, an interesting figure in sport, particularly in ultra sport, ultra running, which is, I don't know. I don't know how it's defined, but I know that they run for like a really, really long time. I know that I was a runner. And when people ask me, uh, you know, what I did, 10,000 meters was uh, the longest race that I did, which is like 6.2 miles. Um, Gosh, 25 laps around a track, uh, an outdoor track, which was crazy. But uh, ultra running is totally different than that. I mean, ultra running, these people are doing like 50 mile races, 100 mile races. Um, this particular figure I think did a 300 or a 400 mile race. There's a story about her doing an event that took her 22 days to complete, um, in which it said that it got to the point where her feet were so badly just bruised and tired and swollen and all that, that she had to start by literally crawling and then going from a crawl to getting on her feet and walking and then eventually being able to get into a run to complete that, that 22 day event, which, uh, which was a record. I'm not sure if it still stands. I haven't really done a whole lot of research about this person. But if you're more interested in doing more research about her, then you can look her up. Her name is Diane Van Deren. And from what I can see, when you Google her, her name comes up immediately. She's really, really famous. But here's why I want to talk about Diane Van uh, Deren. Um, Many people would know that she's a really successful ultra-endurance athlete. But what I want to focus on is her background. What I want to focus on is her upbringing or her early childhood life and kind of some things that happened in her life. Specifically the fact that when Diane was six months old, she started having, uh, she started having seizures and, um, obviously a medical condition, something is wrong there. Um, and the, but the seizures kind of went away from, from what it was told or from what I read, the seizures kind of went away and then they came back at, at the age of 29. She had already had a child and then they came back. And so at this point, um, she decided to have what they call a partial right temporal lobectomy done which basically means that they went in and performed surgery and they took out a particular part of her brain, the part of her brain that they felt was responsible for having these seizures, okay? So here you have an individual who uh, was born very shortly after they're born, they're having seizures, kind of nobody's really figuring out why they're why she's having them, but then they kind of go away and they lay dormant and then all of a sudden at 29 they pop up And she goes, you know what? I'm doing something about this. I've got a child now. I'm an adult. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have this procedure done. So she did that, right? Now, uh, through the age of 6 to 29, before she had had the surgery, um, she kind of got familiar with the fact that, you know, when, when she was going to have a seizure. So there were certain things, I guess, that she felt or certain events that began to happen or whatever. And she thought to herself, like, this is prime time for me to have a seizure. And so what she would do was she would go for a run. 
and by doing that, she would delay the onset of the seizure or completely circumvent it, you know, completely to where she didn't have the seizure, but kind of running was her thing that she was able to go to that would prevent her from or delay the onset of a seizure. And so it was something that obviously was therapeutic for her and that she obviously found value in doing. Now, um, fast forward to when she was 29 after she had had this procedure done, she continued the practice of running, but something was a little bit different. So before the age of 29, before she had had the surgery, she would Uh uh-oh, I think I'm having a seizure or I think I'm about to have one, go out and run and she'd go for a a run and then she'd come back home. The runs were just, you know, a normal run. But after she had had the surgery, what she found was she was able to run longer. She was able to stay out longer and it says that she was living in Denver at the time. She'd go into the woods or into some nice, you know, terrain and just be out there for like hours and then come back home. And this is where the seed of ultra endurance events was planted for Diane Van Deren, where she was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like I can, I can go long distances, like on my feet. I I like how it feels great. Why don't we start actually kind of taking on some of these events? And, And she did. Right. And obviously, um, you know, if you look her up, her Wikipedia page, I mean, her accomplishments are, are just vast, And she's been able to do so many things and she's been able to break records and just do these, you know, amazing feats that, that she's put the human body through. Right. Um, and then I also read about the fact that after I think she had completed that 22 day challenge, uh, there was a piece done on her in runner's world, which is a pretty, you know, well-known, uh, magazine running magazine. And in there, a neuroscientist was, you know, he postulated or theorized that, well, you know, um, when Diane Van Deren had that procedure done where she had the lobectomy and we, you know, removed that part of her brain, then obviously she's so successful because she can't experience pain, right? Like the pain that a normal person would feel uh, during a run where muscles are beginning to hurt and we're beginning to get fatigued and tired and all of those kinds of things where we start saying, hey, we need to slow down, we need to throw in the towel and quit or whatever. She doesn't feel those kinds of sensations. And Diane Van Deren, when she read that, she actually kind of piped up and balked back at the neuroscientist that said that. She was like, you don't think I feel pain? Are you kidding me? She was like, my pain is just as real as anybody else's pain. You know, she's like having to do this event where her feet hurt so bad. She's starting at a crawl, then goes to a slow walk, then can break into a jog and eventually into whatever pace she's going to run at. So she was like, look, I mean, that is not it at all. I feel pain just like any other human being does. Here's what I do, though. When I feel that pain, I'm able to push it down so that it it gives me a little bit more room to continue along my pace or to continue with my event, continue with my goal, my journey. And then it comes up again and then I'm able to kind of push it down a little bit more and then it comes up again and I'm just, I'm in this constant, it's kind of like, 
I don't know why I'm thinking about this now, but like when you have the trash and you continue to throw things in a trash can at your house and the trash begins to pile up and you just kind of take your, your hand and you push that trash down to make a little bit more room in that bag, but then you pile a little bit more trash into that you know, trash bag and it begins to come up again and you just kind of push that down. And eventually for Diane Van Deren and for all of us, like that trash bag like overflows, we can't push it down anymore. And at that point, you know, the event is either over for her or she gives up and, and like, that's it. I've got to quit or whatever. But there's a point where we, no mas, there, there, there's not anything else that can be done right? So she's like, no, 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 no. It's not the pain. But here's something that was interesting, however, about Diane Van Deren, her success, and then obviously the fact that she's missing part of her brain. The part of her brain that was cut out to relieve her of the seizures um, took away Diane Van Deren's short-term memory. So she has a bad short-term memory. She's really poor at recalling things. She can't recall things like you and I would. For example, something just happened to us. Oh, what is it that happened? Oh, it's this. Oh, I just put my keys. I just got home and I put my keys down. Where did I put them? Oh, short-term memory. I can tell you where they are. Diane Van Deren couldn't do this because of the procedure she had done. Now, the interesting thing about this is that when we get into the realm of her doing her events and competing and training and all that good stuff, Diane Van Deren may be able to read a map, but after she reads it, she doesn't really, she can't recall the map. She can't recall or know exactly where she is. Like she can't remember her location when she's out there on a trail running and competing. She doesn't remember when somebody tells her, hey, you're this far into your event. This is how long you've been doing this. This is how many days you've been doing this event. She can't recall that. She can't remember that. She can't remember when somebody tells her, hey, this is how long you have to go. So not only can she not remember, hey, you're this many miles into the event, you're 15 miles into 100 miles, she also can't remember the other side of the coin, which says, hey, you have 85 miles more to go, or hey, you're seven days into this 22-day race, and you've got, therefore, you've got 15 more days to go. She doesn't know that information. She forgets it. So therefore, all that Diane Van Deren can do is focus on the, the, the present moment that is right in front of her right now, right this instant. So she says in the book that I'm reading, it's by the way, it's called Endure uh, by Alex Hutchinson. I've referenced it on this podcast before. I'm just going through it again because it's such a good book. She says, hey, if you told me that I was 10 days into a 14-day event, I'd be like, okay, cool. Or if you told me I was, on day, I was on day one, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know the difference. I have no idea, right? You just basically wake me, like I wake up when I need to wake up. You tell me where I need to go, you know, and, and I do it and, and that's it. And I've got nothing else. And so here's the interesting thing for all of us. And then I'm going to share with you guys a little something personal. The interesting thing about 
this for us is Diane Van Deren feels pain like you and I, but Diane Van Deren can't contextualize that pain with anything else other than it just being pain. In other words, when her legs and lungs begin to hurt, she doesn't know whether she's at mile five or she's at mile 75. She doesn't know. She just knows that that perception of pain is there. And then she goes, oh, okay, I'm presently in this moment right now. I'm, I'm experiencing pain. I need to go ahead and push down the trash that's in this trash bag and buy myself some time to continue doing what I'm doing. And because of this, she sets records. She does some amazing things. I mean, she's like, you know, the ultra endurance athlete that a lot of people would aspire to be and accomplish some amazing things. So what's the takeaway for us to be in the present moment and, and to lose some of that context sometimes about what it is that we're doing, which is hard to do for us because we still have that part of our brain that allows us to exercise that short-term memory. And short-term memory is a good thing, by the way. I mean, knowing where you put your keys when you got home because you've got to head back out, you know, your car keys, that's a good thing. But with performance, sometimes it can be a bad thing. So I'm going to end by sharing this little story with you guys. Yesterday uh, here in Texas, the weather, it was like, I think it stayed at like 38 degrees all day and raining. And uh, I just kind of didn't, I didn't really want to take that on. Uh, I feel like I've got a little bit of a cold coming on and I've got a race this weekend. So I was like, you know what? I I'm not doing that today, right? So I decided to ride uh, on the trainer inside of my garage. Well, the challenge for me was that, that I had a long ride to do and it had to be done yesterday. It was uh, four and a half to five and a half hours and I had to do it. So it wasn't difficult. It wasn't at, a, at an intensity that was going to be difficult to do. It was just going to be a, an endurance event. It was going to be a long event that was going to take a lot of time. And I had the time to do it. I had my day blocked off to be able to get this thing done at a certain time. So I hop onto my bicycle and, and I get going, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to music. I'm watching videos. I'm, I'm, you know, getting all that out of my head and then saying to myself, hey, Mario, you need to focus on what it is you're doing and trying to stay present moment. But here's what happened. Like hour number one, hey, man, good deal. You know, you went through that hour, hour you know, one and a half. I took a, a pee break, you know, because I can't just like stop in nature and go. So I got I jumped off, go to the bathroom, get back on. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, hour number two, I was I was out of liquids, and so I uh, I go into the kitchen, I fill up bottles, I grab something else to eat, and I hop back on, and I'm halfway done. But here's here's where it gets interesting. I I knew context wise, I knew where I was. Now I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag. I only did four hours, so for those of you that want to give me a hard time, I did not do the prescribed duration that I needed to do. I needed to do at least four and a half to five and a half hours, and I didn't do that. But here's what was interesting and what I find so often for me, and maybe this resonates with you, is it's like as I'm getting closer to being finished, I'm riding at the same intensity and because it wasn't hard, my heart rate was actually steady and my power that I was putting out was actually steady. It wasn't like the effort was getting to me. It wasn't like I was ramping up the pace and the intensity so my legs began to hurt and my legs began to get pain, you know, pulsing through them. It wasn't that because this wasn't that kind of a workout. But what was working against me was that I knew, hey, you're one hour into four hours. 
Hey, you're two hours, you're halfway into four hours. Hey, you're three hours into four hours, you only have an hour left to go. And then, you know, hey, you're three and a half hours in, you've only got 30 minutes left. Hey, you've only got 15 minutes left. Hey, you've only got 10 minutes left. And what I worked on yesterday was as I got closer and closer to that finish line, to being able to get off of my bicycle and be done training for the day, I found that the perception of my effort went up, right? That I, I, I felt more tired, even though looking down at my computer, there was, no more, there was no reason for me to be more tired. My heart rate was steady. My power was steady. I wasn't really that tired. I was eating well, I was drinking well, I was taking care of myself, but it was because I had context. I knew where I was, I knew where I was going, I had a goal, I knew how close I was to achieving it or how far away I was from achieving it because sometimes that happened, I'm an hour and a half in and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got two and a half hours left of this stuff. So we need to work on that, right? We need to work on not allowing like context, not allowing that knowledge, not allowing those things to detract from our performance. Easier said than done, right? Do you have any strategies to work on this? Do you have any ways that you work through these things and that allow it to help you to get through some difficult situations and circumstances that you're in? If you're working out, um, if we're talking business, if we're talking parenting, if we're talking school and academics, whatever it is that we're talking, how is it that you um, like distract yourself from where you are, where you want to be, and just put your head down and do the work so that you can really focus in on the process and do the best that you can for that present moment. All right, y'all. I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Listen, I'm going to, you know, call to action. Please rate the podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I mean, this thing's on Apple Podcasts. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's hosted by Anchor FM if that's where you're getting it. So you can applaud on Anchor FM. It's the same thing as leaving a rating in any one of those other platforms. Please, five-star rating. I would really appreciate it coming from you guys. It means a lot to me. It would, it would help me out. Let's not beat around the bush. I need your help. So please, rate the podcast. If you have a question about how to do that, feel free to contact me, and I would love to point you in the right direction. Folks, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Until next time.